What was Jesus's last name? What was Jesus's last name? Ask your average person on the street that question, and he'll probably respond, oh, that's easy. His last name was Christ. Now, I'm sure there are many professed Christians, deep believers in Jesus, who would respond in the very same manner. And, of course, they would all be wrong. Jesus did not have a last name. In ancient Israel, you were known to other people, you were known to the world by your relationship to your father. That's how you were distinguished from other people who had the same name. John the Apostle, for example, was known as the son of Zebedee. So was his brother James. Simon Peter was known as the son of John. Judas was known as the son of Simon Iscariot. And on and on the list goes. Jesus was known to the people of his time as Yeshua bar Yosef. Excuse my Aramaic, it's a little bit rusty. In English, that means Jesus, son of Joseph. Bottom line is this, if someone comes up to you on the street and asks you the question, what was Jesus' last name, know and understand they are asking you a trick question. To which you should immediately respond, Jesus did not have a last name. He was not the natural child of Mary Christ and the foster child of Joseph Christ. <laughs> so where did that name Christ come from? Well, very simply, the word Christ became part of Jesus' name because of who he was and what he accomplished in God's plan for our eternal salvation. Here's how the Catechism explains it. This is from paragraph 436. The word Christ comes from the Greek translation of the Hebrew Messiah, which means anointed. It became the name proper to Jesus only because he accomplished perfectly the divine mission that Christ signifies. Jesus was anointed. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit to reconcile the world to God the Father by his death and by his resurrection. Sad to say, but during our Lord's three-year earthly ministry, Simon Peter, the head of the apostles, understood only half of this truth. He understood the anointed part. He didn't understand the suffering and death part. In today's gospel, as we heard a few moments ago, when Jesus asked the apostles, who do you say that I am? Peter immediately responded with the right answer. You are the Christ of God. In other words, you are the anointed one, the Christos, the Messiah. However, Peter did not understand, he did not realize that Jesus would be a suffering Messiah. Neither did the other apostles. Even though Jesus said it, it didn't penetrate their minds and their hearts. That understanding would come only after our Lord's resurrection. Now all of this, believe it or not, means something very practical for us and for our daily lives. If Jesus is the Anointed One, the Christos, the Messiah, and He is, we know that by faith, 
That means his words carry divine authority. He speaks to us in the name of his heavenly Father, who has absolute and complete authority over our lives. We call God Lord for a reason, do we not? It's because he is supposed to be the Lord of all that we say and all that we do. Now, unfortunately, this can be a really big problem for us. And actually, it is a really big problem for all of us. Because we have a fallen human nature. And because we have a fallen human nature, we tend to resist authority. Especially, I dare say, God's authority. C.S. Lewis, the famous author who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe, the other Chronicles of Narnia, said it perfectly in another book he wrote, The Problem of Pain. And this is a great analogy to use on Father's Day. Now, I should preface it by saying, no offense to any of the grandfathers here present. I am, after all, old enough to be a grandfather myself. Eek. <laughs> but anyway, no offense to the grandpas in the congregation. But C.S. Lewis, in that book, The Problem of Pain, said that most of us here on earth really want to worship and follow a God who acts more like a grandfather than a father. It's a very interesting insight, and I think he's right on. A good father, as we all know, has to be a disciplinarian at times. The proverbial bad guy who says, do it now. Stop that immediately. Don't hit your brother. Don't bother your sister. Pick up your toys. Go to bed. Get up. It's time to go to school. A grandparent, on the other hand, tends to be a bit more lenient. A bit more, shall we say, open-minded about things. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I loved to go see my grandparents. They'd let me stay up late. They'd let me, to do, let me do pretty much anything I wanted to do. Stuff I could never have gotten away with at home. Grandma, can I have another dish of ice cream, please? Oh yes, Raymond, you are such a good little boy. <laughs> Have all the ice cream you want. If I had tried that at home, Dad, may I have another dish of ice cream? No, you're not having another dish of ice cream. You're going to ruin your supper. Forget it. Big difference. Here's how C.S. Lewis said it in his book. He wrote, We want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven. A senile benevolence who, as they say, like to see young people enjoying themselves, and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of the day, a good time was had by all. <laughs> now, I like that. I'll be honest with you. There's part of me that really likes that. You probably feel the same way. Of course, when I am really honest with myself on those rare occasions, I will admit that I need something more than a senile benevolence in my life. I need a benevolent authority in my life. 
a benevolent authority who loves me even more than I love myself, a benevolent authority who knows me and who knows what is best for me, a benevolent authority who will keep me from hurting myself and from hurting other people, a benevolent authority who will bless me in countless ways if I'm faithful to him and who will be there to correct me when I'm not. When I say I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm actually saying I recognize Jesus as the benevolent authority, indeed the ultimate authority of my life. He is the anointed one, the anointed one of the Father. And when he speaks to me, either through his written word or through his church, I listen and I obey. At least I try to obey. That's what I mean when I profess my belief in Jesus as the Christ. That's what true Christians have meant for 2,000 years. I ask you this morning, is that what you mean? Is that what you really mean?